Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice. Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. It's Tuesday, and it's another busy news day, of course. I say that every day, but it's because it's true. I'm not lying to you. You can fact check it. And uh, today we have Donald Trump. He's actually about to speak, I believe. Very busy day for President Trump. Um, There's a lot of stories out there. He's in D.C. today because there was a hearing on his presidential immunity and whether or not it protects him from prosecution regarding his handling of the 2020 election. There's so many cases involving the 2020 election. He's being charged with like conspiracies to overthrow the government and, and, you know, rigging it or, you know, trying to trying to steal the election, trying to cheat. And on that same note, though, because we'll, we'll talk about this immunity case and the court is going to decide, you know, whether or not his immunity covers this, what the scope of it is. But what I want to focus on is actually a different case. And. There was a lot of interesting news out of the Fulton County case. And I'm sure people, I'm sure my audience, because I read your texts, I get your calls. You guys are so smart. And I'm sure you're great at keeping these cases straight and knowing which one is which. But I'm not. And I always need a little refresher because every day there's a new one. And so I'll read about something and I'll go, now, which one was this? Plus, this is how bad I am. Things start to blend together with the impeachments. There's so many perfect phone calls. There's so many transcripts. Hashtag release the transcript. Everything kind of stirs together into this giant orange man bad pot. And so every time I'm reading about something, I go back and I try to get a quick summary of what we're even talking about here. Um, It doesn't really matter which one. They're all pretty much on very shaky legal ground. And I actually thought, Jared, I really like our poll question today because it has to do with some sound that I saw. And it has to do with a a topic that comes up every once in a while, which is will Michelle Obama run for president this time around or ever? We could expand that conversation into does she have presidential aspirations? But another poll question that I didn't want to put people through is which of the cases against Trump do you think is the strongest? That would be a hard one. I think if I had to choose, I would probably say the Mar-a-Lago raid of the classified documents only because they can argue he did have you can of course say well biden had them too and biden had them from when he was a senator and biden had biden could have had even it could be worse when it comes to biden because he didn't have the uh authority to declassify those documents as a senator and i get that and i'm not arguing that but i'm just saying that when you look at these other cases fulton county um when you look at what jack smith is doing those are even weaker And that's really saying something. So Fulton County is based largely, this whole case is based largely on the phone call between Trump and the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. Now, this is the find the fraud call in which, well, this is the find the fraud call that the transcript revealed 
nobody actually said find the fraud. Tr- Trump did not say find the fraud. But this is this is how for a lot of you, if you're going to think of something, that's what comes to mind. Because even though the transcript revealed he never said find the fraud, that didn't stop the great journalists in The Washington Post and elsewhere from running with it. Because what's that old expression about a lie making its way around the world while the truth is still putting on its pants? So they ran with that for a very long time. I do think the Washington Post eventually made a correction. You know how they do that? (laughs) They might as well do it in tiny, tiny, tiny font. By the way, the story that we ran with, the main part of it was wrong. But it doesn't matter because everybody hears that and they go, Do you hear all the ladies at the coffee shop? All the pink-hatted, Trump deranged ladies sit there and go, "Did Did you hear? What Trump said to the Georgia Secretary of State, find the fraud. He is a menace. He is a menace. And you know what? I heard Mika Brzezinski today, and she said he's worse than Mussolini. And then I heard Whoopi Goldberg say he's going to put us in camps if he gets reelected. That's right. So this is the whole point of it, is to lie. But the case was weak to begin with. And this latest update about it, about the DA, Fannie Willis, is certainly not going to help matters. A Trump 2020 campaign official, Michael Roman, made a court filing yesterday that could throw a wrench into this whole thing. And I'm going to read directly here from the New York Post because they do a pretty good job of uh, setting it up for us. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis had an improper relationship with the married special prosecutor who assisted in securing the Georgia grand jury indictment against former President Donald Trump, a co-defendant in the election interference case alleged on Monday. Talk about a conflict of interest. The bombshell court filing made by Trump 2020 campaign official Michael Roman argues that Willis should be disqualified from the case and the charges against him dropped because the district attorney chose to appoint her romantic partner, who at all times relevant to this prosecution has been a married man to this case. So not only is this a conflict of interest, not only is this allegedly, you know, not above board, but he's also a married man. That just adds another layer to the deceit, in my opinion. Conflict of the prurient interest. Yes. Roman contends that Nathan Wade, a private attorney with the Atlanta-based Wade and Campbell firm, used some of the nearly $654,000 in legal fees. Jared, we need to get into the legal business. I'm not saying we need to become lawyers. Do you have to be a lawyer? Can we just... Diglio and Curly, Esquire. Like, who cares? You know, they're not going to check. Esquire doesn't mean anything, so yeah. No, it doesn't. $654,000 in legal fees that he's been paid by the Fulton County DA's office for his work. I'm putting quotes around that. The New York Post didn't, but I will. On the Trump case to take Willis, this is what he did with some of the money, allegedly, on lavish vacations to Napa Valley, California, Florida, and the Caribbean. Must be nice you know the, the way i feel is especially if you're if you're going after trump and, and again we'll we'll see if these things turn out to be true but if you're going after trump you are you are setting the stage to become a hero like you are setting the stage for yourself to be able to ride that wave into the sunset for the rest of your life because you went went after donald trump this to me feels a little greedy like just take this job 
and you'll become a, a national superstar. DA Fannie Willis, she's so brave. Look what she did to hire your to reportedly hire your romantic partner and use some of those funds to go on vacations. It's it's you know what it's reminding me of is when Howie says they don't just eat from the trough, they lick the plate clean. I think he says that about state workers. This is this is exactly that case. It's like it's not enough just to go after Trump and, and probably get a great book deal out of it, probably get booked on CNN and MSNBC. But then we have to take it a step further. Roman's filing claims that sources close to both the special prosecutor and the district attorney have confirmed that Willis and Wade had an ongoing fling and that Wade filed for divorce in Cobb County, Georgia, a day after his first contract with Willis commenced in November 2021. Wasted no time. In addition, the district attorney and the special prosecutor have been seen in private together in a personal relationship capacity in and about the Atlanta area and believed to have co- uh, What is this? In the form of fashion, a location that neither of them owned. Oh, they live together. Okay, okay. In, in a form or fashion at a location that neither of them owned. The filing ledgers. I don't know why that's important, but... It's good to know. Um, This is just another blow for the Get Trump crowd. And my favorite part about the Get Trump crowd is that it doesn't matter. Like none of this, it it doesn't matter. They'll keep telling themselves the walls are closing in, the noose is tightening. And what they don't realize is the Get Trump crowd is going to get Trump reelected. Like he is just getting stronger and stronger by the day. The only reason I, the, well, the only way I could see this working for them, Jared, is the fact that, like, for example, today, when I log on to all these websites and I go on to Politico and I go on to all these places, there's no talk of Biden. Like, there's no talk of the border, which we're going to get to because the Mexican president is offering us quite the deal when it comes to how we could deal with this border crisis. But there's no talk of the border. There's no talk of, you know, Biden's speech yesterday in South Carolina where he told uh, a room full of churchgoers that he went to church more than black people or white people and that he started a civil rights movement. There's no talk of that. It's all Trump. It's all Trump showing up in D.C. today for the immunity case. It's all Trump, the Georgia case. I, but then I think to myself, well, they would do this anyway. It doesn't matter. If it's not this, it's something else. So Trump is just going to keep going out there and fundraising off of it and, you know, sucking up all the air in the room. And it's going to end up benefiting him, I think. I think they're making a really big mistake here. 844-500-4242. Speaking of big mistakes, Dr. Fauci had a closed door testimony yesterday where he talked about COVID. And... While he was talking about COVID, according to Red State, they broke it down. They had the transcript here. They said he claimed he did not recall pertinent COVID-19 information or conversations more than 100 times. That seems problematic. Why? Why do you say that, Jerry? That seems problematic for the guy who's in charge who can't remember the conversations about the most important and deadliest pandemic in the history of... Oh, you don't like that the guy who's calling the shots about what businesses can stay open and what schools can stay yeah, open and what I, vaccines you have to get, that he can't remember things. I'd like to be a little, him to be a little more uh, on the ball with yeah. the memory. Yeah, but you know what? If you start having those kind of requirements, then soon the president of the United States will be expected to do the same thing. That's true. 
And All about short-term memory at Dr. Fauci. Yeah. You know, the bar is very, very low right now. Well, yeah, look at him. And also, how about the fact that Lloyd Austin, he doesn't even show up for work. So it's kind of like you're, you pick your poison here. You're either going to get someone who shows up, or tries to ruin the country, doesn't remember anything, or you're going to get somebody who just doesn't show up at all for an elective surgery. We have more on that. Uh, 844-500-4242. And I want to get to the sound from Clay Higgins with Tucker Carlson. Yeah. This is pretty wild stuff. I haven't seen it in a lot of places except for Twitter, um, but we're definitely going to play it because, like I always say, we, for as much as we've talked about January 6th, and I don't mean we as in this show, but I mean as a society, our media, for as much as they've talked about it over and over again, we don't know that much about it. You know, we, we should know more. We should have some concrete facts, including how many FBI agents were at the riot on January 6th. And something else, Jared, that I, I didn't have you pull because I was kind of embarrassed that I missed it. Did you see yesterday there was a anchor on some network? I don't know if it was like MSNBC or something. Who, cry, who was crying. He was going over the January 6th no. stuff and he was crying. He was crying real tears. And I just, I, the, the crying thing is is beyond me. We will, we will talk about that. We'll play the Michelle Obama sound in the next segment. You can vote in the poll question at gracecurlyshow.com. We've got tons of sound to get to. We're going to take your calls. It's 844-500-4242. What do you think about this update in the Georgia case? I mean, there's so many reasons why these cases can be just tossed out, but this one definitely doesn't help. And you know what? When I, when I was reading about the perfect phone call and I was reading an old Jonathan Turley piece, he even says, like, if, if this is the standard now is like, oh, spreading false, spreading false rumors about an election, then Jamie Raskin, Hillary Clinton, like you could go down the list and people could be charged with this if that's the standard that we're supposed to meet. We'll talk about that when we come back. And right now I want to tell you guys about perfect smiles because I know that people sometimes feel self-conscious about something and they end up putting it on the back burner and just thinking about it. You know, a million little times throughout the day, you think about, oh, I could fix that with my smile or I could fix this. Well, guess what? It's a new year. It's 2024. And you should do something about it because your only regret is that you didn't is going to be that you didn't do it sooner. So I want people to take advantage of the wonderful work that perfect smiles can do and that's because dr houghton is awesome he's so so nice he's so talented and he's gonna move at your own pace like if you if you want to go in there and you want to talk about things and you say listen i'm really not sure i need to be walked through this they will go at your own pace they're all about making sure you're comfortable and making sure that you leave there very happy with your results so take care of yourself you put everybody else first but now you should take care of yourself. They're conveniently located off Route 3. They have plenty of parking, and you can reach them at PerfectSmiles.com. That's PerfectSmiles.com. Change your smile. Change your life. I'm glad I wasn't the only one thinking this, Jared, because the Wall Street Journal has a story out, I guess, that says, you know, if if Biden drops out, will Michelle Obama be next? We talk about this like once every six months. This is the closest I've ever felt that maybe Maybe she's positioning herself to run for president. We'll talk about that when we come back. Get on the line. It's The Grace Curley Show. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curley.
This is The Grace Curley Show. It was Jonathan Capehart who started crying about January 6th. And I, I really, I go back to, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to people showing emotion on the air. Actually, I saw a clip yesterday of someone from CNN who uh, she was delivering the horrible, horrible news that she had breast cancer. And she was actually, she used it as a really nice moment to inform other women about how important it is to get your mammograms and, um, and how it's put everything in perspective in her life. And she did such a great job with it. Um, and I don't think it's it's a bad thing for these talking heads or these media people to occasionally let their guard down. But my issue is when I see people who are crying over January 6th, I think to myself, and I've said it before on the show, not a great, not a great day, riot, got out of hand, some real uh, bad people that shouldn't have done what they did. Not everybody, but there were certain, like Trump said, he would definitely uh, pardon a lot of people, but then there were some people who, you know, he couldn't say whether he'd pardon them or not. But to be crying about it three years later on TV, for me, I just, I can't wrap my head around that. I don't know what kind of life you've lived up to that point. If this if this shakes you so much to your core that you have to have a breakdown on TV. And you know what we're probably going to get to in in 2024 after the election if Trump wins? That's going to be... That I think it's going to be even worse than in 2016. Because in 2016, remember we had safe spaces and we had people like the kids, college kids who were getting the day off or the week off. I don't even remember how long they got off. But every all these liberals were apoplectic over this and they couldn't believe it. That would actually be a decent poll question. Will the response, because your, your logic says, well, they've had time to prepare. They know it's a possibility because it happened the first time. So maybe if you're thinking rationally, they've had time to mentally prepare and emotionally and spiritually prepare themselves for the idea that Donald Trump may once again be president. But no, I don't think that's how they operate. I don't think there's any... Planning is not the strong suit of these people. No. Do you think it will be worse or, or better? self-recognition. You... Oh, it's going to be so much worse. You think so? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the government already almost fell yeah, yeah, yeah. once. I mean, you can only imagine when this time, when the, when the concentration camps really show up, this time. Thank you, you Whoopi. Know. Thank yeah. you, Whoopi. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, the, that old chestnut. We will play Whoopi Goldberg when we come back. We have a lot of sound to get to. But Jared, the fear-mongering just doesn't stop. And it doesn't matter if none of these things... Like, here's the reason that I would think the fear-mongering would be less effective this time around. You saw what he did for four years. Again, if he was going to put people in camps that disagreed with him, if he was going to kill journalists, if he was going to execute people in the media, wouldn't he have done it the first time? Is he that diabolical that he thought, you know, I'll hold off on the first four years, and then when I get in again, that's when I'll bring out the guillotine. I just don't think... That that's a logical explanation for this. And yet, they're trying. They're trying over and over again to convince you. None of that stuff happened the first four years. But believe me, you give him four more, it's going to get scary. 
We'll talk about that. We'll play a little sound from Whoopi Goldberg at The View. And we'll talk Dr. Fauci as well, all when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Remember a few weeks ago, Joe Biden was leaving his headquarters in Delaware. And it was right before a drunk driver smashed into uh, his security detail. And a reporter asked him, I have to assume it was someone from like the New York Post or Fox or a remotely conservative outlet. And they asked him about the polls because the polls have been showing he's losing support in some really key demographics, including with black voters. And he told that reporter that she was looking at the wrong polls. And I got news for Joe. If you have access to these magical polls that show you doing so well, you should really share that with people in your party because everyone is scared. Everyone is frightened. That's the theme of today. Fear-mongering is the only thing. And I always thought fear-mongering was something we do on the right. You know, we throw, we pounce, we seize, we weaponize, we throw out red meat, we get our base all whipped up into a frenzy. But I don't think I do that very often. I don't think I, I come off as scared very often. The fear is palpable with the Democrat Party right now. It's almost like they don't think Joe Biden can win. It's almost like they think he's going to lose in 2024, which is now. So today's poll question is brought to you by the Nauset Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. To reserve your pet-friendly ocean view room, go to NaussetBeachInn.com. That's NaussetBeachInn.com, where Jared has stayed. Speaking of Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurleyShow.com, is what percentage chance do you give Michelle Obama running for president in 2024? 0 to 25, 25 to 50, 50 to 75, or 75 to 100? All right. Now, in the past, I have been firmly on the side of she doesn't want this. And she said she doesn't want it before, Jared. She said that she doesn't think she's a great um a great option because she hasn't led a normal life in a very long time. She doesn't go to the grocery store. You know, she doesn't do all these, she doesn't drive. She doesn't do all these things um, that, you know, make you feel like an average normal person. And that wouldn't be enough though. If it was just her saying that I'd be like, yeah, yeah. People say that all the time. You have senators like Elizabeth Warren who are definitely running for president or were, you know, in the past and have denied it up until like the day before. So that wouldn't be enough. But when I look at the life that Michelle Obama leads, I do get the sense that she enjoys it. That's always been my reasoning as to why I do not think she's going to run. I think she likes going to Hawaii. I think she likes going to the award shows. I think she likes hanging out with her kids. I think she likes this luxurious lifestyle that the Obamas can now afford. Thanks to Spotify, thanks to Netflix, thanks to book deals and the rest. With that being said, times are getting tough. What do they say about desperate times? I'm starting to think we're in those. And I'm starting to think that if the Democrats really think that they're in trouble with Joe Biden, like they'll pull out, they will pull out all the stops to not let Donald Trump be president again. And this one could be the, as far as heavy lifting goes, this could be the easiest. Just 
putting Michelle Obama in there because I do think a lot of people would vote for her. It's a really quick, easy fix to their Joe Biden problem. Now, let's play this sound and then I'll make my final decision on the percentages. Let's go with cut nine. This is Michelle Obama. She was on this podcast with Jay Shetty. He does like a spiritual meditation type style podcast. Um, This is cut nine. And you wonder... Where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter. Who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit. It affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted. You know, the fact that people think that government, eh, you know, does it really even do anything? And I'm like, oh my God. Does government do everything for us? And we cannot take this democracy for granted. And sometimes I I worry that we do. Those are the things Mm. that keep me up. She thinks government does everything for us. Okay, so Michelle Obama is definitely one of these people that when she hears about a government shutdown, Jared, she's the one calling up her friends being like, did you hear? The national parks will be shut down. We cannot live like this. I, 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 for one, I love a freeze. I love when there's just a pause in government. That's when I think we're all doing our best. I do not think government does everything for us. Um, and that is not something I agree with Michelle Obama on. That cut, though, I'm still going zero to 25% because of that cut. It hasn't swayed me that much. I will say that in the past, I was probably zero to 5%, and now I'm probably like 15 to 20%, which is kind of a big difference. So, uh, but I, I am still on the lower end of that. 53% of the audience is also in the 0 to 25% camp. It's a little tight after that. 17% say 25 to 50%, and 15% each for 50 to 75 and 75 to 100. I think the key here is that the Democrats want to win and they are going to do everything. I mean, think about the last election. They had to pull out all the stops. They had to, you know, basically lock people down in their houses to make sure Donald Trump didn't win another election. And this would be a lot easier. I don't think they'll be able to to do a shutdown again. I don't believe that. But this would be a lot easier for them. And what does that say about Kamala? I mean... How's that going to play out? Sorry, Kamala, you're not the right black woman for this response that we need right now. But go trailblazer. As Mark Lamont Hill would say, Jared, you think everyone's just interchangeable. Yes, just interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't even heard from Obama in a long time, but I, I want to keep going with this theme of people being terrified before I move on to, um, before I move on to the border, because that's that's another big story today that I want to read to you. Uh, but first. Michelle Obama is not the only person who's terrified. Whoopi Goldberg is trying to get her audience at The View, all those geniuses, to believe that there's a lot to worry about. And talk about condescending. Whoopi Goldberg doesn't want you to worry about things like your finances. Put that to the side, okay? We got bigger fish to fry. This is cut 13. I'm sorry. What's interesting for me is that People's faith in the country is waning. Yes. That's the that's the thing that's yes. pissing me off. Because in fact, there's a reason Joe Biden ran the way he did. There's a reason he's running for democracy now. Because that's really what's at stake. You worried that it you is. can't pay your bill? 
Wait till he, the other guy becomes president, and you won't have to worry about it because you'll be in some camp somewhere. Because that's his promise. His promise to us is he's going to force people to do his bidding. That's what he said. I'm with this. I'm going to be good on day one, and I'm going to turn into this other person. So here's the deal. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. I am very disappointed in my producer here because I'm just finding out now through Whoopi Goldberg that Donald Trump made a promise to put people in camps and that you didn't pull that sound. You didn't think that was worth pulling, Jared, seriously? He, he says that the first thing he's going to do on day one is put people in camps? It's a, it's a mega secret. I was honor bound to do my to protect my oath like Mike Pence to to keep that secret. And, and it's about the camp. It's amazing that she talks about how people are losing faith in the country, and she thinks it's because, like, yeah, people are losing faith in the country because Democrats are trying to kick off, uh, uh, kick a president off of our ballot, kick a former president off of the twenty twenty four ballot, and use the court system. To try to eliminate that option for people who might want to, more than half the country that wants to vote for the guy. Yeah, people are losing faith in the country because of that. People are losing faith in this country because there seems to be no will to secure our border. People are losing faith in this country because the president of the United States barely talks to the press and the press doesn't seem to mind that much. In fact, he sends his staffers out to, as Eddie Scary put it in The Federalist, not to brief the press, to collude with the press, to go over with a spreadsheet what they're allowed to talk about and what they're not allowed to talk about. People are losing faith in the country because some people are making tons of money and lecturing us on uh, justice and freedom and, you know, fear mongering. And then other people are trying to pay their bills and they're being told, you just don't understand how great everything is. Your little puny brain can't understand that inflation's actually a good thing. That clip gives me hope, though, because the clapping seals in the audience were completely quiet during that whole clip. Like, there was no audience response, no clapping, no cheering. I think even the audience was like, yeah, okay, whoopee. All right. Well, you're trying to tell people. It's also... It's also, this is a, a failure that I, I keep noticing with the Biden administration. You can't make people care about stuff they don't care about. And people care about their bills. It doesn't matter that you make a lot of money and you're a keyboard warrior and you live in, you know, in the D.C. Beltway and you think people should care more about X, Y, or Z. People are going to care about what they're going to care about. That's just how things work. Um, now, as we're talking about all of these issues, and I mentioned the southern border, I had to read you this because... We've been talking about this potential impeachment in Mayorkas, and there's been rumors that he's not afraid of the impeachment because he thinks whoever comes in after him is going to be worse. And he told Republicans that, like, watch out, the next guy's not going to be great either. And, um, or lady. And I read this today in the Post Millennial. It says, Mexico demands Biden give amnesty. Now, let me read you the actual, this is from the president of Mexico, what he wants. Because you you saw that Mallorcas and Blinken and all these people have been going to Mexico to try to work on a deal. Because these are great deal makers, okay? We're, these are the best and the brightest. They know what they're doing. You've seen Tony Blinken at a table with leaders from, from China. He's able to really work a room with those frightened big eyes of his. So the president of Mexico called on Friday for the U.S. to approve an initiative that would send $20 billion to Latin America and Caribbean countries. In addition, that's not it. The $20 billion isn't it. 
in addition to stopping any sanctions against Venezuela, ending the U.S. blockade of Cuba, and this is just a, one more, one more thing, giving at least 10 million Hispanic illegal immigrants the ability to stay in the country and work legally. So giving amnesty, basically, to 10 million Americans. I- I'm sorry, 10 million illegal aliens. So what's the advantage for us on this one? Well, what, what is you'll have giving to us? see. You'll have okay. to see, Jared. All right. As long as we're getting something out of this. I'm sure we Other are. Other than cultural enrichment. Yeah, no, I'm sure we are. I- I'm sure that... I'm sure we're making out the best in this deal. That's the vibe I'm getting after reading about the $20 billion that we're expected to give to Mexico and to all of these other places. 844-500-4242. And where's Kamala? could we buy Mexico for $20 billion? Well, this is all to get to the root causes. Remember how Kamala Harris said, we got to get to the root causes. And then she goes on to list every problem that every society has dealt with since the beginning of time. She's like, crime, poverty, weather. She lists every single thing that you could possibly ever complain about. And she's like, but once we fix those in the Northern Triangle, once we fix those issues, that should really, you know, that should really start to help. We should do all of that before we try to secure the border. It's, it's insanity. Oh, but you know what? I do have some good news today, which we are always in need for good news. You know what? I'm going to save it. I've got good news for you. And it has to do with your dishwasher. So just hold on for that. We'll talk about that when we come back. I will play this sound at some point today of Tucker and Clay Higgins. He reveals the huge number of FBI assets on January 6th. Nick Arema had this whole story in Red State. And uh, it's pretty stunning stuff that, again, we should be able to get to the bottom of. But you have to want to get to the bottom of it, which is starting to starting to become the problem for Democrats. This is the Grace Curley Show. We entertained a lot over the holiday season, and when people would come over my house, they'd see the thunderstorm chugging away, and they would say, Oh, you actually use that thing. Does it work? And I say, Yeah, when I talk about it on the air, you should really listen because this is a great product, and you could probably find a use for it in your house or your car or your office because there's so many different uses for it. Um, it eliminates odors, it doesn't try to cover up smell with more smell. You know, sometimes you get those flowery kind of scent spray things, and it makes everything actually smell worse. This is a really cool device because it's going to eliminate odors from the air and leave your home smelling fresh. Another reason to love it, and this is something I find, is that a lot of these devices are big and bulky and they look like something out of Ghostbusters. This is a device you can plug into the side of your wall, doesn't take up any floor space, you can hold it in your hand, and it's really quiet. So it's not going to disrupt your everyday life. It's just going to make things better. With the three-pack special, you can use one in your kitchen, your office, or even your car. So go to EdenPureDeals.com and use code GRACE3. That's EdenPureDeals.com, code GRACE, and then number three. By the way, I wanted to mention here about the Fannie Willis situation. I will be very excited if we get more details, and again, this is all alleged, so you know we need confirmation, but if we get more details on that $654,000 and those vacations, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just from working for Howie, but that's always the kind of reporting I like the most. 
where you find out, oh, they spent this much in room service or they spent this much on bathing suits at this shop or they went to this restaurant and got this food. The more specific, the better. Is that just me? I just I love it. I love getting an itemized breakdown of where this money is being spent. So I look forward to that. And I I have very little faith in journalists. But at the New York Post and some other places, they might be able to get us more details. Now, without further ado, this is some big sound today that a lot of people are talking about. This is Representative Clay Higgins. He was on with Tucker Carlson and they were discussing January 6th. And I think the biggest, the cut that's getting the most play is the number of FBI agents who Clay Higgins is alleging were involved in this or, you know, at the Capitol um, on January 6th. Let's play cut one. When you say that there were FBI assets in the crowd in in the building beforehand and and certainly outside, what's the scale of this? You're talking like 10, 20? No. So real hard, objective and conservative um, estimates would would put the number of FBI assets in the crowd, outside, and working inside at at well over two hundred. Two hundred? Yeah. Now you might say, I don't believe that. That's ridiculous. But these would have been questions that Republicans could have asked if Nancy Pelosi had allowed real Republicans on the January sixth committee. But instead, she only allowed Democrats' favorite kind of Republicans, like Liz Cheney and Adam Kissinger, 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 however you say it. And we didn't get any of these questions answered. And when Christopher Wray was asked this, well, you know the rest of the drill with Christopher Wray. What we got was sources and methods, and I can't say. But but just with enough Jared, you know, virtue signaling to let you know that he is disgusted by the insinuation. He is, oh yes. How how dare how dare anyone not trust our FBI? Speaking of our intelligence agencies, there's a story. This shooting that happened in Iowa, really really awful shooting happened, and more information's coming out, and yet less coverage of it is happening. And this is what this is always my biggest complaint with the the media is that when there's victims of these horrible crimes. You shouldn't pick and choose based off what fits your narrative. But we're now finding out that the shooter in this case was on some sort of messaging site that was about mass shootings. That's what the the group was discussing. And the FBI was aware of this group. And yet, known to the FBI... But no real follow-up. The follow-up is the problem the FBI seems to have. Like, if you're someone who goes to a Latin mass or if you're, you know, a uh, pro-life activist outside an abortion clinic, they will follow up and they'll probably bring a SWAT team. They'll follow up at three in the morning if you're Roger Stone. But if you are on a mass shooting messaging board talking about your your plan or talking about how you'd like to do this, follow-ups just really aren't as interesting for the FBI. We will continue this conversation. And we got Joe Borelli, New York City Congressman, or I'm sorry, Councilman, joining us in the one o'clock to talk about the migrant crisis that Democrats are worried is going to ruin their chances in 2024. Don't go anywhere.